Let's, let's do it, I guess. Let's do it. So, guys, welcome to what is going to be episode 7 of the Anatomy Podcast. From In this episode, instead of staying within the States, we are jumping all the way over to Jakarta, Indonesia. For our guest today is going to be none other than the vocalist behind the Mac... The How do you pronounce it? I do apologize. <laughs> no worries, man. It's Makhluk. Makhluk, right? Perfect. Perfect. Sick. Yeah. All right. So, Makhluk, which if I'm um, freaking Randy, Randiness, he said it means creatures in Indonesian, right? Yep. Yep. Awesome. I did my homework a little bit. But... Yeah, it's... Uh... Sorry. No, you're good. You're good. You do your thing. Yeah, so so it means creatures, but in the context of uh, supernatural beings, like ghosts and all that stuff. Yeah, I fucking love it. It's really cool. But to say the least, we are sitting here today with this just genius of a musician. We are learning his story, and then we are learning the story of his project so far. All of its contributions to the scene, all of the boundaries it has broken, I would say, as a vocalist. So... To start off, we're going to go ahead and dive into part one, section one of the Anatomy Podcast. Mr. Uh, let's see, I'm trying to make sure that I pronounce your name right. It's Agung Anaka... How, how do you pronounce your name? <laughs> it's uh, Agung Anak Agung Gede, but you got the Agung perfectly, um, perfectly right. pronounced. See, well, there you go. Agung. So his real name is Agung, just in case you guys didn't know. And I'm pretty sure this is going to be relatively fresh news. Like, this is just... I know this is going to be awesome for everybody to, like, just learn more about the gentleman behind the mask. In which, if you are familiar with his music videos, he usually wears a mask. Like, he doesn't really show his face that often. But, you know, very, very charming guy. Very, very humble guy. And yeah, see, there's the mask right there. If you've seen that mask, this is the motherfucker behind those songs. This is the dude behind all of that just really intense, really just crazy music. Music that you're like, how the hell did he do this on his own? If I'm if I'm getting that correctly, you do make all that stuff on your own, right? Yep, all the instruments, all the production, everything. See, this guy is a prodigy in the making. Developing in and just like kind of brewing and stewing. And just this, like, big old pool of, like, just strange, like, weird, weird stuff. But sometimes, being the counterculture, the weirdest stuff makes the best stuff. And this guy is an example of that. So, just to kind of, like, pull it back a little bit on my end, because I usually go on tangents. Basically, we will have two sections. In which, the first section, we're going to be learning about this dude as a person, Mr. Agung. And then we'll be going into the second section, learning about the band itself, the lyrical content, the releases so far, and what is to come. So, to say the least, my friend, Agung, be sure to introduce yourself, anything that you're not wanting to really share. Be free just to not do that in the first place. But tell us a bit about yourself, everything we should know about you. And then where you came from and how you developed into a musician. Sure. Uh, yeah, first of all, before I start, so I think you're being way too nice. <laughs> Thank you so much. Of course. <laughs> of course. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, how did I become a musician? That's actually a, a weird story, actually. Um, I used to um, not like music as a subject back in school. Like, I was, it, was just, it was just like the worst subject for me. Like, I listened to a lot of bands, right? Um, but it wasn't just, um, it wasn't just like my forte. Um, so yeah, I started off listening to, um, as usual, uh, as everyone else, Linkin Park, you know, um, Blink-182 and everyone, and every band you probably see on MTV. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. so it was just like, it was like, it was started off as those, you know, um, until one day, you know, um, someone actually introduced me to metal and that that changed everything I, I remember it was just like lunchtime in my school i think i was like probably like 12 or 13 i can't remember so i was just listening to my um walkman at that time uh yeah i'm pretty old <laughs> dude walkmans are cool so yeah i want to get one yeah bro <laughs> like <laughs> that, yeah so i was listening to like blink 182 at that time and a friend a friend of mine just came up to me and said like yo what are you listening to I was like, Blink-182, man, what's up? He's like, oh, no, don't listen to Blink-182. They suck, man. Listen to some heavy metal. I'm like, oh, heavy metal, what's that? <laughs> and he's like, 
oh yeah, you should listen to this band called Slipknot. They're a bunch of guys wearing masks and stuff. So you love them. So yeah, the first thing I did after school was I just went to a CD store, um, bought a Slipknot CD. I think at that time it was the Subliminal Versus Volume Three. Ah. So okay. I turned it on. I turned it on. Uh, listen, listen to the first song. Got quite weirded out. And when it came to the second song, "The Blister Exists," it sort of basically changed my my whole perception of music. I was just like, "Whoa!" That first riff, the one that goes dun 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 dun, I was like, yeah. "Whoa!" I've never heard of anything so heavy before. <laughs> so, yeah, dude, I was I was basically so amazed, and that got me hooked straight away into music. And just from there on, like, yo, uh, I want to start doing this, and I want to start listening to more um, metal. So. Um, yeah, from there on, it, I explored, explored, and you know, uh, go on. Uh, went into these whole new metal, new metal bands like Mudvayne, Mushroom Heads, and start buying like um, a Metal Hammer magazine or I don't know how to pronounce it, Kerrang. Um, yeah, I think, so yeah, like I don't know how yeah. to pronounce it either, and I'm from the states, yeah. so <laughs> you're good. Yeah, man. So I started buying all these magazines and just like start browsing and just you know. Uh, looking at looking at how the bands look and just deciding how they would sound like. So uh, after that, just like discovering um, Cradle of Filth, um, Demo Borgir, and Dude, all that stuff. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, man. So it was just like, oh, they look cool. So I I had to search it up online. I think at that time, uh, it was just with uh, Kaza and LimeWire. <laughs> so yeah, I had to I had to do that at that time because um, metal wasn't too accessible in Indonesia, as in like right. you don't have that many um original cds here so and if, if they do have it it's like super expensive like five times the original price because it's so uh, rare right yeah so so yeah i had to do that and then at one point you know it got just got moved um to more um core style you know like event the early avenge sevenfold yeah and bullet from my valentine all of that and eventually um metal hammer released this compilation of cds and um in that in that CD, there was this band called uh, the Black Dahlia Murder, and when I first heard it, it completely changed um, my life musically. It's like, oh, what is this? That's the first time I heard like a flawless execution of highs and lows, and you know, such heavy guitar riffing, but at the same time right. melodic. And yeah, that that pretty much um, changed my my life, and um, I listened to death metal and deathcore ever since. So yeah, but that there's uh, you know I am almost thirty and um, still listening to all those stuff now. It's I don't think I'll ever uh, grow out of it. So yeah, man, um, that's how I got into the metal genre, I guess. But how I got into music in general is a bit strange. Like as I as I mentioned before, I didn't like um, music as a subject. Right. Like um, yeah, uh, I was just I was just bad at it. I couldn't read notes. As oh, everyone else, <laughs> yeah. right? It was like a proper like it, the, my school had like this proper um, classical music um, stuff. Um, so it was I just wasn't um, capable of learning. I guess it's so difficult. So yeah, but yeah, I ended up picking up a guitar because I was a um, I was a you know a game gaming geek kind of guy. So at that point of time, there was a there was this. Um, game that's called o2 jam it's like the korean equivalent of um guitar hero where you can have like characters and stuff so yeah yeah man, my character played guitar and one day uh you know i was in a mall passing down um a guitar store and i literally just begged my parents to buy that exact guitar that my character played <laughs> so it was like it was like a red super strat so uh yeah that's uh that's how it started basically and just started learning um yeah, Green Day songs <laughs> and Blink-182 songs. You heard it, people. You heard it. Fresh, right here. <laughs> like, you guys are getting the juicy stuff. So, basically, my first question, like, just kind of non-scripted, just going into and attacking head-on what you've told us so far. You said, like, basically, you were into gaming and stuff before you really dived into music. You were kind of intimidated by music theory. That's probably the best way to describe it. So... If it wasn't for you, like, wanting to get a guitar or, like, just happening to play that Korean Guitar Hero bootleg, what do you think you would be doing instead at this moment in time in your life? Like, would you be getting into competitive gaming? Would you be getting into sports? 
maybe just writing poems or something like that? That's the question I want to ask right off the bat. <laughs> yeah, man, definitely. Probably, probably into competitive online gaming. That's, that's definitely it. So straight yeah. after I picked up the guitar, my passion just changed completely. Yeah. And I never, the, I never like put it down. <laughs> yeah, dude, that's crazy. And the thing is, like, kind of like making these, uh, making these two stories, making these two individuals, me and him, as parallel as possible, just for the sake of doing so, because it's fun. Um, basically, before I really, really got into music, which was just dubstep, I was into EDM, oh. all like the boom, shim, shim, like all that fun stuff. Before that, I was super into games. I was super into Call of Duty and all those shooter games. And if it wasn't for me deciding to get into Deathcore, because like there was just something that wasn't right. It wasn't heavy enough. It wasn't like there wasn't as much spirit. I got into bands like Blackville Brides and Sleeping with Sirens. Had that whole phase. Jumped right into the Cannibal Corpse. I've mentioned this in previous episodes, of course. So I'm only going to make this a... It'll be short. But if it wasn't for that, I would have gotten into competitive gaming as well. And if not that, I would have been a graphic artist. If not that, I would have been an author. And now I'm basically doing all of those as two different YouTube channels. So it all kind of comes full circle. But speaking on behalf of that, I want to learn a little bit more about like your background, your culture. Indonesia is a very, very different country compared to the United States, or at least it feels like it for someone who's only been to four states in the United States. I haven't even been to all 50. I haven't been to 10. I haven't been to 25. I haven't been to anything more than four. Simple as that. So the world is a very, very strange place for people like me who haven't been able to explore a lot. What can you tell me about Indonesia, maybe your favorite things about Indonesia, and the things that you would want to change? Take it away. Sure, sure, sure. Um, yeah, it's super different, right? <laughs> it's, a, uh, um, it's a very tropical country, but like, I guess we'll just, go, um, we'll just go straight to the music side, I guess. Right. Indonesia is probably, probably has the biggest death metal scene in Asia. Like, oh. uh, just by population-wise, um, we're just, it's just huge, like, literally. Um, so, this is a, um, I'm, Indonesia is pretty much a, a um, developing country, right? But, like, literally, if you go out, you see all these street vendors, right? Um, you see everyone just um, in the street hustling and stuff. They are, like, most of them are actually wearing hoodies with, like, these indistinct indistinguishable um unreadable <laughs> logos so, <laughs> so it's, it's it's like it's so huge um I, i'm not too sure about the the scene in the states i've never played the states before as in right as a, as a i've been to um i played australia um as a, i toured there before but not not in the states but um yeah it, it's it's crazy here man like the whole band is like everyone's a death metal band <laughs> everyone's slam That's yeah it's like damn it's, bro it's like it's unexpected because it's um it's such a religious country like right but but like you know you go to gigs and then it's, it's literally like um you know biggest gigs ever is like thousands of people uh gathering all wearing slam shirts and stuff and you know all the bands um are like gutturals and stuff like that right and it's like uh it's it's kind of refreshing to see that um I can only yeah imagine. so that's in terms of music so yeah like a lot of a lot of bands from asia uh they all strive to go to indonesia and tour around indonesia because you know that's the whole death metal scene or just uh metal in general is just gigantic here so it's uh it's it's pretty pretty good man <laughs> but, <laughs> that's uh, crazy i see i did not expect that but yet again with you mentioning how indonesia is such a religious country you got to think of places like Norway and, well, America, in which very, very monotheistic religious countries. People find a need to rebel. People find a need to break away from that religion, break away from that cage, that cultural cage, because a lot of people deal with that. And, I mean, hell yeah. Hell yeah. That makes so much sense, but I just... That's actually really cool. I did not know that Indonesia had such a highlight as far as metal bands, slam bands to be more specific. Like, I did not expect that. Fun facts for everybody happening to listen to this podcast. Like, this is this is good shit. This, this is a good, solid episode. I'm loving this so far. Um, continue. I know you had more to say. Um, 
Yeah, yeah, I guess um, talking about like religion, right? It is, um, of course, we're so different than um, Norway and the States. Like, yeah, it is definitely illegal to be anti-religious, oh. uh, especially in your in your lyrics. It is definitely illegal to be Satan, uh, like having Satanist lyrical content. Like, yeah, you can get into a lot of trouble, like as in like a uh, pretty bad trouble. Like um, police and everything. Really. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like. <laughs> it, we have a law for that. It's called the blasphemy law. So um, it is very, it's very strange, right? But at the same time, it works. Like there's a lot of metal bands here, even mm-hmm. though they're doing like gutturals, you know, pig schools and stuff. Their lyrical contents is usually super positive, which is, you know, sometimes it's super strange. As in, like compare compare it to like, you know, uh, Cannibal Corpse or Waking the Cadaver. Yeah. Everything is um, basically super violent. But in Indonesia, you can hear like, um, you know, people. Uh, singing in gutturals and their theme is basically about uh, religion or um, even friendship uh, you know never give up because you know um, I mean it is it is a struggle every day to live in Indonesia so it's uh, it's reflected around around the music and I guess it's it's sort of strange because you start you sort of hear like something so dark so brutal and when you actually read the lyrics it's like whoa that's actually motivating <laughs> it's uh, so that's uh, that's like that's just in that's just the difference in Indonesia. You don't see any bands or not that I know of or very few that sing about um you know anti religion um and also um Satanism. There's probably like only one or two black metal bands that does that, but right. I don't think they want to show their faces. <laughs> so yeah, right. so the, so the key like so what's however, like what's in- interesting is we do not like I'm say I'm saying we as in like Indonesia. Indonesia right. doesn't like all these um content, but however, we have a strange obsession with um supernatural beings. So like ghosts and everything. So it's a big part of our culture. So everywhere it's just like, you know, we always have our own myths, our own um folklores and all that stuff. And we're so obsessed with with ghosts. Like everything you see on TV is just ghosts, supernatural, um psychics and all that stuff. Really? Yeah, man, it's uh, what a freaking utopia. <laughs> yeah, we are completely obsessed with that. Like, it's um, so that's like kind of what brought the idea of 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 Mahluk, to to be honest. Like, right. Um, I kind of want to make a a band that's uh quote unquote um evil, but at the same time not so evil. Yeah. But like, what what you know, you know um us Indonesians can could relate to. So yeah. what I did, like, you know, we don't have the we don't have um the um sort of um um what do you call it sort of uh culture for for satan uh lucifer and all that but right. we do have uh we do have our own uh in a sense so i kind of want to want to kind of tackle that which yeah. um which works which works well i mean like it relates to a, to a lot of indonesians and you know you know i'm probably not the first band that does it yeah but i'm definitely one of the first band that does it in english <laughs> So, um, so yeah, so it, it, you know, we got a lot of, um, positive, uh, respond when I, when I started like, yo, I haven't, I've never heard of kind of like deathcore that talks about, you know, all these goats like, um, Kuntilanak, uh, you know, Tuyo, that's like the equivalent of a banshee in, in the States. Kuntilanak. Oh, okay. Yeah. Tuyo is the equivalent of, um, I don't know, um, gremlins, I guess. Yeah. 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 So uh, yeah, so so that's just how it is. In lyrical lyrical content wise, I try to be as evil as possible, but at the same time, um, you know, like um, legal. <laughs> yeah, I mean, more or less in a situation like that where you have like I, I didn't even expect that. This is very very just brand new information to me, culture wise for Indonesia. But when you have a situation like that to where you're not really able to be anti-religious, per se, it's it's almost like Makluk is telling the story from the demons, from these monsters, from these yokai, from these Makluk, and it's personifying it. You're giving them a voice. And, I mean, being that your culture, apparently, is so invested and serious in which they talk about it regularly on the news, which... I would love for that to be a thing here in the States, but everybody's just like, ah, there aren't any monsters. There's the devil, but 
we don't believe in monsters. I'm like, well, if you believe in the devil, then why don't you believe in his subordinates, per se? And they don't even have to be his subordinates. It doesn't have to be that polar, per se. It doesn't have to have that negative connotation to it. Monsters are just creatures that we don't understand. They are embodiments of fear, in which fear really defines as something we don't understand, in which then we act in a negative bias towards it, whether attacking it, whether trying to kill it, whether trying to dissect it, you know, all those little FBI, sci-fi, fantasy, all that fun stuff. And, like, simple as that. You're bringing, you're bringing perspective to the monsters in your culture, to these creatures in your culture. And I personally love that because I am a huge guy about the supernatural. I want to go on ghost hunts fairly soon. We got skinwalkers here in Arizona, or Wendigos. They're, like, basically uh, shape-shifting beings based off of the Native Americans. It's freaking cool. And I want to learn and find out the truth behind all of this stuff. Uh, look at me. I sound like someone who should be on the Travel Channel or Discovery. But in all reality, it's a very intriguing thing. Because there are so many parts of this Earth that we are not constantly aware of. We don't always have constant satellite supervision over major forest we don't grid out forest because here in the states at least in which i'm pretty sure it's a thing for you guys as well there's a respect for the environment kinda we're, we're kind of diminishing that respect over here but the national forests are like the loosest way of saying that we do respect the environment and we do inspect or respect what was here before we were here when the native americans were here and i mean as simple as that. I want to see if half of these monsters, half of these urban legends built throughout culture in multiple countries, like, are any of these things real? Have people actually been attacked by something that's half horse, half man? And it really, like, ugh, such a good conversation. And I love that that's what Makluk is, to say the least, lyrically. I freaking love that. And that's why I'm glad that we decided to sit down, because I, I had a feeling this would be a good conversation. But, um, I don't know, like, what are, what so far, with MacBook and its releases, what are the main monsters that, like, you've kind of given perspective to, I guess? Lyrical content. Boom. Take it away, boss. <laughs> I, I love that question. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, at first, I guess the... At first, it was like um, a little bit of a um, kind of a mix. So I I I, I mix on a lot of um, uh, horror stories from the states as well. Mm, um, okay. So yeah, I guess. But most of it is uh, like probably like ninety percent of the song is just like Indonesian folklores. So uh, I guess uh, can I name can I name all the song? It's a, yeah. and that I can just uh, briefly uh, tell you what, what like, it's about. Yeah, just like track monster track lyrical content <laughs> you can just go on forever if you want man because i'm sure you got plenty of stories that you've written and i mean hell that's why we have you on here today because i'm like you know what this shit's interesting i want to learn about it i want to learn your story so take it away for sure man uh so first track that i've ever released wasn't actually um indonesian uh mm. as in like an indonesian uh, mythical creature right it was called a uh, serenas Right. It's actually about mermaids, <laughs> because um, yeah, I like mermaids. Uh, it's a uh, it's a uh, it's about um, this um, aquatic ape theory, a uh, uh, mockumentary that I watched in Discovery Channel <laughs> way back then. So so pretty much it's like a take on like you know oh um, Rings of Saturn wrote about aliens, uh, A Virgin's Crown wrote about aliens. So why don't I just write, write about mermaids for that song? <laughs> so. That got released, so yeah, it's not not much, not not too interesting, but it's like it's just about a uh, violent mermaid war, so sort of like a death clocks mermaider. Ooh, no, that's actually really cool. And see, like that's the yeah. thing is when you when you add depth, when you add story to a song, that's what makes it so much better. You got like you just got all these different bands doing their thing. I I mentioned distant way too much. I praise them though. Like they're awesome people, and oh, they so freaking heavy. They are the Angus Beef Factory boy, like goddamn. But you got bands like that who establish a decent narrative continuity, and then you got individuals like Mister. Uh, I'm so sorry, <laughs> Agum, Agum. There we go. Jesus, um, I'm way too white for my own good. But 
You got, you freaking, you wrote a song about a mermaid war, man. Like, that's cool. That's basically Aquaman. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was before the movie got released, though. <laughs> disclaimer. Disclaimer. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm a, I'm, I'm a big uh, Jason Momoa fan. So don't, don't Dude, worry. yes, I am, too. I aspire <laughs> to be very similar to him in every sense of the way, beard and yeah. hair included. So I'm, I'm getting there, but continue, my friend. I'm sure you have plenty more stories. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it was a, it was like a, yeah, it was just inspired by a virgin's crown. And uh, if you actually listen to the song, it's just like, it seems like a budget version of a virgin's crown, to be honest. <laughs> like a, like a Walmart version of it. Um, yeah. And then next, the next song is a, uh, it's called. Um, Cryptobiological neonatal miscreation, which uh, literally just translates to um, uh, a deformed baby monster, uh, in a sense. Uh, but it's actually about a, an Indonesian ghost called Tuyul, uh, which I, um, which kind of looks like it's basically a a fetus mm. that is made uh, mythically, and what it does. It actually obeys your every command, but um, people usually use it to uh, ask it to steal money from other people. <laughs> that is, that is legitimately the, the the backstory. So it's like these uh, little little guys trying to um, go around villages and stealing other people's money. And we still believe to this day that these creatures exist and are made by um, are made by witch doctors uh, in the process, and they're kept. They're kept in uh, glass bottles <laughs> until they're released, and you know you, oh you feed God. them blood. You feed them blood on a daily basis for for them to survive. Uh, yeah, so it's about that. It's about um, you know this guy, um, sort of um, um, you know made in a sense. Went to a witch doctor and um, asked them to make this um, fetal uh, monster kind of thing. Fetal abomination. <laughs> I was definitely like in that whole Dicky Dicky Allen mood when I wrote the <laughs> lyrics. <laughs> definitely, man. <laughs> so uh, yeah, it's about this guy um, went to a witch doctor, um, asked ask him to make a uh, this fetal monster for him, and ask him to go around the village steal other people's money. But you know, at the end of the day, um, he got rich, and um, but he forgot to feed the guy the the monster some blood. So the 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 lore is if the if the Tuyul gets angry. He can um, grow to a gigantic size and actually kill the person or eat it. So and then so at the end of the day, you know, uh, at the end of the lyrics, that guy actually dies because the Tuyul ate him. <laughs> so, Bro, just like just wild, wild um, imagination. Well, not really imagination because that's how the the folklore is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, moving on, um, there's a um, uh, third song. Is a it's called Morbid Obsession. Which right. is basically completely um, uh, inspired by the Black Dahlia murder song, um, "Death Mass Divine." It's about the same story. It's about um, this. Uh, you know, you, have you are you familiar with the Carl Tanzler story? No, unfortunately not. Yeah, um, I I might be wrong. Was it, I wrote that song. I actually wrote that song in high school, so that was like 15 years ago. Uh, but um, yeah, so with with a good friend of mine, so. May may it so it sort of sounds old school death score kind of thing, right? <laughs> so yeah, um, it's about this guy that has a uh, about this doctor. Uh, I think he's either British or or American doctor that has a love relationship with his patient, and she actually passed away, and she and he had a, a romantic relationship with the with a corpse for around seven years. Uh, stolen, uh, stolen from the grave, and you know, um, you know, uh, put to his own house in his basement, and you know, I think his kids and the police found out about it eventually, and uh, he, I think he was, uh, he was jailed afterwards. Right. So it's about that. It's about like a sort of, it's about a love story, um, well, sort of. <laughs> it's about a gruesome love story. So yeah, it's a whole, whole um, Dickie, Dickie Allen kind of like yeah. vibe to it. Like, oh. And then the next song is about aliens. <laughs> it's called um, Megalith. It's actually an alien story, but originated from uh, Indonesia. So um, sweet. Yeah, apparently, yeah, apparently in Java, uh, we there is actually a megalith in Java 
that's supposed to be the biggest pyramid on earth right now Ooh. it's as big as a mountain so they when they uncover the mountain they're actually it's actually just like a one big huge pyramid nobody knew uh up until today what's what the the temple or pyramid is for what is it for prayer sacrificial um rituals or right. um is it burial up until today we don't know but the site is there um yeah the site the site is there you can go look it up in google I, I, it's on the tip of my tongue but i can't remember the actually actual name i think it's like gunung pancar or something please indonesians correct me if i'm wrong so yeah but yeah it got like global news at one point got viral and people start speculating that's about aliens so why not just write a song that says yeah. it is about it yeah <laughs> might as well <laughs> so, endorse yeah. it <laughs> yeah might as well endorse it right so yeah it's uh it's about this giant megalith in java that's um that the aliens made to to show their power it's it's very rings of saturn sort of right. vibe to it yeah so yeah i guess um that's it oh yeah and another song uh that i released to one more song is about um this uh creature called a uh, babi ngepet it's actually it's actually uh, another indonesian ghost is where you can um create a pig uh that steals money from other people so, so it's 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 it, it's so st- stupid <laughs> wait wait okay okay But, so quick yeah. question this yeah. this this pig thief song that's the one with like the weird like realistic looking pig dude right yeah dude that song was yeah, freaking oh. nasty i loved it but like wow yeah continue continue <laughs> thank you yeah so i tried to sound as much as like as heavy as possible because you know the correlation between pig sounding like you know pig squeal guttural and stuff like that yeah. and you know pigs being fat heavy pigs so i kind of want to correlate like heavy song yeah. kind of thing and lyrically but yeah it's about this um guy um you know if he uses that um if he's hungry for greed and he uses this pig uh to um uh do his bad deeds he will eventually get turned to a pig as well at the end <laughs> so he did get turned to a pig and apparently like two weeks ago they went viral again in indonesia uh they're speculating that um a village has been using this pig to steal other people's money and it's just hilarious <laughs> and this is just this is this is on the news you know like like big big news that's it that's crazy to me man yeah, like, like i would i would watch the news every day if that was what was being talked about not like oh someone started a fire down the freeway i'm like i don't care about that i want to learn about monsters <laughs> like, yeah it's literally it's literally this guy is accused of uh having this babi ngepet and stealing other people's money and his neighbors complain that that he has um this babi ngepet and they're worried that this pig will steal all their money <laughs> it's it's, it's literally still happening right now yeah so it's about that and uh yeah it's about that but and another song is about wewe gombel which is this is probably the most gruesome story um mm. around the uh, around the the whole um discography did i pronounce that right discography? yeah 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 you yeah did. um it's uh it's about this um um this uh story of a couple it's indonesian folklore by the way yeah yeah uh, it's it, about this it. story for of a couple um but one uh, cannot uh, the the lady cannot uh, i don't know the english word for it Uh, she cannot carry a baby um mm, okay so eventually the husband uh cheated on her and discarded her like like just uh, she just got bestowed like no like she just got discarded um because she couldn't couldn't have a baby and i guess uh, uh at one point like oh, sorry sorry she she had a baby but it was always miscarried in a sense oh. right she she so she couldn't She couldn't conceive. I guess that's the conceive. case. Conceive. She yeah. could conceive. There yeah. you go. So yeah, she got um, ostracized, but uh, by the whole um, village after she got jealous that her husband actually um, cheated on her, and she killed her husband because of that, and the whole village got angry and tried to um, try to kill her, basically. So she ran away, um, still still pregnant with the miscarriage baby, uh, and eventually killed herself, uh, hung herself on, on a tree. Um, so this is this is a folklore in Indonesia, and eventually the ghost became what is known right now as Wewe Gombel. So basically, it's this um, ghost, uh, this grandmother kind of lady yeah. that has um, you know uh, guts 
falling all over the place and you know carrying a, a dead, dead dead fetus everywhere and the story is she's actually a really nice ghost that she will um because she couldn't conceive a child uh she will always try to protect kids that got lost in the forest and things like that so yeah the weiwei song is is actually a very sad one so i try to make uh the song as sad as possible with the with the melody of course um yeah it, it's it's is that that was that featured um Derek Connolly from uh, Nithil and um Feast of the Antipathy and um, if i pronounce okay. that correct antipathy yeah from florida yeah so Feast of the Ant- Antipathy Anti- Antipathy just like a little bit yeah. Antipathy but super hard to uh pronounce <laughs> no you're good man so like let's see that that was way way like dude one thing i've always enjoyed your logo is really cool i don't know if you did that or not but it's really cool so we got way way i want to i want to learn a little bit though about naparusik if if i'm pronouncing that right yep perfect sick i have a little bit of a foreign tongue but not perfected by any means so nah it's all good man you pronounce my name you pronounce makhluk like perfectly that's yeah. that's crazy sick i'm i think i'm too white and then i like i use i just i feel it i feel it i get groovy with it but um to say the least your most recent ep napalusic what is that about like in whole is there a narrative continuity behind that ep um was there any like main strategy that you had when you were creating it because this is the reason i i found out about you this is what i this is how i got into you this is how i got into your art and i cannot emphasize i don't think a lot of vocalists can emphasize how crazy it is that you do what you do you exceed all of the vocalists in our scene except maybe cameron mcbride of methwitch but that's about it other than that you are the best of the best as far as vocals and stuff like that go and you're a solo musician so that's even fucking better but i'm curious tell me all you can about naparusik and yeah take it away yeah first of all just a disclaimer i am nowhere near as good as um you know vocalists in the states you know <laughs> actually so yeah um i i try to be so it's just um so the question was um what what the album is about and the strategy right yeah yeah lyrics. so yeah the album yeah napurusak is actually kesurupan uh spelled Ooh. backwards kesurupan actually means possessed so again Whoa. it's about ghosts <laughs> yo i love that yeah. <laughs> So yeah, it's just like I just turn it backwards to make it sound more cult. <laughs> that works. I love so, it. Yeah, and the logo, I did not design the logo myself. Uh a guy from Java did that for me. Mm. His name is Harry Harry Mythology Art. So you can just check his Instagram out. He does logos for all these slam bands. I'll plug it so, down below. <laughs> for sure, man. Uh he he made the logo. Uh yeah, the whole song is about um again mythical creatures no not not no, i i don't go i don't stray away far from that yeah it's about mythical creatures um again uh you maybe you can just research it yourself yeah. uh first song uh behold the um creative of perversion it's about this um, mythical creature called a gundurua which is just basically this giant king kong creatures that goes around and rape women um <laughs> and yeah he it, it can shape shift shape shift to a very handsome man and um sleep with other people's wives it's a, it's a very perverted guy so yeah and then um you know the songs uh simanis is about a similar a similar uh, rape victim of, of a lady that um the, that souls just uh, haunting in anchol in jakarta um and uh, another one is about um dancing village is about a village of uh, a mythical village that um you know uh it's about all the ghosts there just dances around and um kills people and take their souls so if you wander around and you uh stop there in the village you're kind of you're kind of like you're screwed can i can i can i curse yeah sorry you can. <laughs> yeah sorry you're, you're screwed basically so yeah and um i the king shall return is about um actually i the king shall return is um just a a, a story that i made uh just straight out of my ass it's about this um king from the underworld which is basically makhluk that um he got he got basically um outcasted because he's stupid like he's too joking around uh he's he's not smart he's a goofy guy he got outcasted and he wants to be back he wants to get the throne back because now 
um his dad still has his throne and you know no but no his family doesn't like him it's, it's just a stupid story <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna pause that right there i love yeah. that makluk is like an actual being is the mask that you wear that here's a question that mask does that represent makluk this dude this random ass dude and he's just telling all the stories of all these makluk per se yeah basically so i i play a character um makluk is actually a character uh so I always go like Dunia Lion, Dunia Lion, which actually just means underworld in Indonesian. Oh. So he, he's supposed to be like the king of the underworld right. kind of thing. I wear this mask, but he's actually an idiot. <laughs> so he, he's actually a goofy idiot um, that uh, he doesn't have like respect. Therefore, the, the story is like all is usually just him being angry. Like I, the king shall return is about that. Uh, so, yeah, he doesn't get respect um he's he's a goofy guy but, but he's he will to be like the, the throne. He, he will take it back someday. he will take it back <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i i i wear this mask this is this isn't this isn't a custom mask it no. is a um mask from uh java uh it is actually a uh batawi mask that you dance around with right so um yeah it's it's a traditional indonesian mask that um women uh usually use for for their traditional dance so this oh. represents uh, a lady actually but you know, I, I just choose it. I just choose this mess because it kind of looks creepy. And, yeah, no, and it, looks, it does. <laughs> I fucking thought it was creepy. I'm like, wait, yeah. why does this dude never show his face though? What does he look like under that? Yeah. It creates suspense. It creates mystery. And even yeah, with man. even with Luke's mask off, you have a beast. You have a beast. You have a monster. You have a king. Like, and yeah. he, the true king, shall return. And take his vengeance tenfold. Like, all this fun stuff. This is history. This is a legacy right here. This is a story. And that's what we're here for. That is what we are here for. And I, fr I freaking love this. I love this. But by all means, my good sir, continue. Yeah, so, um, yeah, the reason why I don't show my face is because I don't look metal, in a sense. Uh, I don't look too badass, so I don't have the confidence to do that. Like, I, I can't, I can't, like... I kind of grow a full beard and look all badass. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not Stop. too covered in tattoos and all that stuff. Stop. <laughs> so I just use this <laughs> as like an excuse to be creepy. Um, but yeah, so historically, this is not a, a mask designed for Mahluk. It's a traditional mask. And why, why I don't use this for this interview? Because it's a hassle for me to use yeah. this and he, pretend to be Mahluk for hours and hours straight. Yeah, and, he, um, yeah he wouldn't be able yeah. to talk. Like, yeah, it, it I wouldn't be, be able fucking to talk, rough. Yeah. That's why in his music uh, videos, he's like angled up and shit, people, because he's yeah, like trying yeah. to keep it on while he's jamming out and doing his thing. So just keep that in mind if you if anybody ever had that question, I guess. But continue. Yeah, man. Uh, I think we, we talked about this. Um, we did uh, earlier. Right. I can't talk because the, the mass of Indonesia is you don't have a string to to cover your whole face with it. So you have to actually bite it there's a there's a there's a place for you to to bite it so how it works is you just put it on and you bite it so if i do this i can't really talk <laughs> yeah yeah so, so that's just the whole issue so they use this they they, they use that biting thing I, I don't know what it's called so because in the middle of the dance there are parts that you have to put the mask on and put the masks off so they ha the dancers have to take it quickly and just put it on their face they don't have time to um, yeah. you know, ruin their hair um, with a, with a string and everything, so that's just uh, historically how how it is, and in most um, Indonesian dances. So yeah, it's all uh, it's all traditional, but no, it's not related to um, to mythical creatures or anything. The mask, but there are uh, masks. Yeah, I, I mean, like uh, I'm making I'm making stories up. <laughs> yeah, like seriously, seriously. But yeah, but yeah, that's that's how it goes. We have we we have like hundreds of masks like if not thousands of masks some of them are related to mythical um mythical stories but a lot of bands are are have, have used that sort of um devilish looking mask and i don't kind of oh, want to look right. like you know other indonesian bands but like so yeah this is why i i, I this is why i use it so <laughs> yeah man um thank you for that for that question that's uh i, I love it oh yeah <laughs> but, man yeah i mean uh oh, yeah. again uh, thank you for remembering the lyrics as well. That's I'm, I'm surprised, <laughs> dude. And uh, dude, what can I say? That's what I'm about. When it comes to like telling the stories of musicians all across the world, which is the purpose of this podcast, basically, 
I want to learn your story. I want to learn the stories that you have written so far for your project. And like, is there is there depth behind it? Is there like a personal story? That type of stuff. The mystery, the suspense, yeah. the emotion, the drama, like all of that fun stuff. That's what we're here for. That's the only reason I do this podcast. And because it is very like, and I'm so incredibly grateful for it constantly. But people, it is not hard to talk to any of us in the scene at all. Like, just reach out. Reach out, and even though we sound like we're angry half the time, even though we sound like we want to murder people half the time, in reality, people, we don't. Because instead, that is how we get our negative emotion out, if anything. If not, we're just into more psychotic art and culture, which, red flags for some, but for those who understand, well, you understand. As simple as that. But, kind of migrating and uh, diving back into Narupasek, which I guess is backwards. That's freaking cool. I love that. Um, kind of like finishing off Naparusek, which was your most recent bigger chapter, your most recent bigger project. Um, tell us about the rest of the tracks, I guess. Sure. Um, I guess um, I'll start out with this strategy, as, as you asked. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, lyrically, I try to write a horror story for for the for the for the song. So nothing, uh, nothing is personal, right? Here, yeah. it's just it's just basically I, I'm making a horror story and through music. I heard I heard about this to, in one of your interviews that uh, Dicky Allen does that as well with with the distant guys as well. Yeah, um, yeah. So it's basically basically that, right? And that's lyrically. So just try to be like first person like all oh, these demonic creatures so yeah yeah exactly. <laughs> try to sound as, as demonic as possible like <laughs> you know, yeah yeah man. <laughs> if i'm writing about this big giant um gorilla ape perverted guy you know i want to sound you know as as low as possible so yeah you know there's a lot of gutturals and like yeah yeah <laughs> so, <clears throat> so it's a lot of uh all, all those stuff and um you know if i'm writing about um the uh simanis which which is like a banshee i try to make it you know high and like try to make it like flamboyant as possible fucking crazy how high you can get dude fucking crazy guaranteed like again if anything you are the best at doing that in the scene there's maybe danny filth cameron mcbride greg gilbert who's my homie and we're about to get a vocal cover done that should be fucking cool um like other than them you actually have been able to break the pitch Let's see. Okay, so there's you. There's Larry Harper of the White Bear Project. Shout out to him as well because we're trying to get him on the podcast. So let's do that as soon as possible, Larry. Great band. But, Great band. Dude, yes. And then uh, uh, Disciples of Exile. They're also cooking up stuff right now. So everybody, keep keep that in mind. But we got Larry Harper. We got Agung. We got Greg Gilbert, Cameron McBride, and Danny Filth. Those five people. Those five have broken the pitch boundary, guaranteed. They have done whistle tones so high, I could barely tell, fucking tell it's a person. Like, that's an achievement in and of itself. You can be an opera singer, break the pitch, and be like, ah, and just break glass. But can you sound like a tea kettle? <laughs> no. I didn't think so. <laughs> like, yeah. it's a little bit bold and, you know, being positively biased for sure. But it, is, it takes talent. I don't even know how you do that. Part of me doesn't want to lo- want to know how you do that. But <laughs> sure. Um... I can share, I guess. Um, so uh, there's there's actually one more vocalist that does it ridiculously high. Um, I can't pronounce his name. It, I think it, it's it's in French, Guilam, uh, from from Beyond Deviation. Oh, really? Yeah, he, he it's he sounds like a kettle. <laughs> it's amazing. It's amazing. Uh, I, I it, it's crazy. You, should, you guys should you should check those guys out. They did the 400 um, vocalist yeah. thing recently. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, their their OG vocalist is is super super high in terms of his pitch. So how I do it is, it's actually a little bit of cheating, right? Because that high, that whistly high that I do is from the tunnels, instead of my own pitch. So I sort of like. Um, you don't have to demonstrate uh, if if <laughs> like you're you're yeah, all good. I, I, think, I think my neighbors would would complain. It's like seven. <laughs> 730 uh, seven, right. yeah 730 it's way too right early <laughs> yeah so, and i live in an apartment yeah. <laughs> but yeah it's uh it's basically just tongue manipulation um you do a sort of a uh, i don't know what it's called not a fry but those sort of um you know screechy screams and when you use the tunnels you sort of like try to pitch it 
pitch pitch yeah. yeah so you just pitch it like so it kind of gets kind of high and gets higher so but yeah, that's how i sort of uh quote unquote uh cheated right yeah yeah so, yeah, that, yeah it's that's, not cheating everybody does it's that not, yeah. it's not cheating if everybody yeah. does it like come on man <laughs> yeah <laughs> so yeah that's just that's just a, a a tip on how to do it and um the tunnels is like i i i put the tongue onto the left and keep yeah and to make to make the the sort of a air hole kind of tighter uh instead of putting my tongue all in front and you can have airways from both ways so this is kind of like trying to make it just one small airway Ooh. Uh, so it's sort of like whistly sound like, I don't right know if i can <laughs> so yeah it's, it, i can't i can't do it like very like quietly because um i think I'll, I'll disturb all the neighbors but yeah, uh, yeah it's like <laughs> yeah like yeah. Sort of, uh, you know your tongue kind of goes like instead of like you know how how people usually just rest it on 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 the um, the front of the teeth kind of thing mm -hmm. so uh yeah th so that's basically how i do it and um that's just how i approach vocal vocally i try to be as uh, inhuman as possible i try to be right so sometimes yeah. i do still uh you know you can still hear my voice in it um because you know I, I'm, I'm not perfect of course but yeah i just try to try to um be as um as dicky as possible like like i'm i'm not shamed about it. i'm not shame i'm not like i'm not shamed about it like i'm completely like completely like um influenced by him yeah. and travis ryan especially his yes. his sort of um clean singing yes. clean clean song like clean singing um vocals yeah so i kind of try to uh rip him off in a sense in terms of vocal technique <laughs> so uh yeah so that's just basically the strategy of it um just uh do do the uh, do as inhuman as possible but at the same time if you notice there there's always a chorus in, yeah. in all the song and for the chorus i try to be as melodic as possible so i i try to do all that cattle decap stuff and just pretend you know in the studio just pretend i'm, I'm travis ryan <laughs> so uh yeah that's it uh that's in terms of vocals that's just um why i do in terms of songwriting strategy uh i kind of want to share i kind of want to share this it's a yes. uh, it's a bit uh, different um, from uh, how you, you know, the 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 um, how you, people usually write deathcore. Right. So I approach this. I approach this as a pop song, to be honest. Uh, if you see, if you if you see the chorus and everything, it is actually. If you see the the songs, it's basically a pop structure for all the song plus a breakdown in the middle, and probably at the end. Uh, or, or slam part, but essentially yeah. it's uh, you know verse, bridge, chorus, verse, bridge, chorus, and repeats all repeats all the time. Catchy chorus, um, yeah. catchy yeah. repetitive chorus in a sense. So, sort of like uh, how this is a, this is very bad for me saying this, but sort of how Billie Eilish does it. So she puts a lot of like repetitive notes in it. So that's kind of what like. That's kind of like what what I try to do. So if you notice that um, there's a lot of same notes in the in the um, in the choruses, that's basically a very pop approach to doing it. Uh, and also the the guitars, if you notice, it's very a uh, rock influence, like like Marilyn pop Madison. rock, radio rock, radio rock influence. So it's um, how I how I write the songs is basically I'm heavily inspired by. Um, as you notice, probably Marilyn Manson uh, and Ghost. So I would listen to you know Ghost songs and all that because I'm super I'm super into Ghost, <laughs> and um, just take that sort of approach. What would Ghost do? And you know uh, I write my songs in a six-string guitar, uh, and then I, you know, once I get the pre-pro done and the structure done with a six-string guitar, I basically make it more deathcore and complicated with an eight-string. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So 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 the chorus and everything. So sometimes there's a big a combination between a very very simple guitar riffs and very outrageous breakdowns and like suddenly there's a low E and low D out of nowhere. Uh so that's just how I how I write the song strategically. So just be as um be as pop structured as possible. Yes. Plus breakdowns and slams, uh you know, um catchy choruses to yeah. sing like Travis Ryan and write the song in a six string. <laughs> convert it to a to an eight string or uh, yeah so so that's basically it man um that's just how that's how i write the songs right and um yeah how i write the breakdowns is 
as usual as how how people people do it you know just yeah. uh either out of my head or just randomly thank you man yeah don't of course yeah uh tune your guitars as low as possible <laughs> yeah it's it's a fucking it's a weird way of writing music but it works people yeah. people are entranced by it and i mean here's here's the way i think about it and like dude hands down th this is an epiphany i had the first time i'd listen to naparusik i i had a, i had a vision Rem have you seen uh, uh sleeping beauty the original one the cartoon one yes yes yeah but yeah i know course, it's, yeah. I, it's it's a weird way it's of like, it's a weird way of starting that's like, <laughs> <laughs> okay okay where where is this going <laughs> so basically when they were in when it was maleficent's castle and he had all these goblins all, all these gargoyles and they were kind of scattering around basically when i listened to naparusek and most of what you made so far i thought of either them or all the goblins from uh what how do you what, what is the movie hold on i'm so sorry um it's the uh it's the it's the it's like labyrinth battle of the labyrinth or something like that um, pan's pan's labyrinth no it? not not pan's labyrinth it had a it had david bowie in it he was like he had like the floofy hair and stuff how he had his group of goblins when i listened um to makluk for the first time and i did this like overnight when i was doing tag shifts and stuff i thought of all of them just kind of like dancing around and doing like russian dances and stuff and just like Witness Inferno and Rhea, like, Witness Inferno, like, they're all just jumping around and partying, and they're fucking, like, celebrating with their giant ogre overlords or some shit, and, like, dude, for the first time in my life, I just, like, a big old freaking, like, evil smile carved into my face, I'm like, this is fucking goblin chant music, and I love it, this is great, and, you know, I can't emphasize enough how much the EP caught me off guard first, like, the the smile mainly carved after that first intro track when you i think you've done your highest one so far i'm like what the hell is this what the hell is this like and i was just you know vibing obviously i was at work and i was doing tags so i'm just like i'm just big old smile on my fist big, big old evil smile on my face because like i imagine that Mac Luke is what goblins would listen to while they're celebrating, while they're partying. Or, I also had the epiphany and the statement in my head, like, this is what I want to write. I want to write music that is appropriate for a dark gothic theater. The main characters are goblins, and they're celebrating their victory over, like, the protagonist or something like that. Witness and formality. Like, this fucking tipping back beers and shit they're like we did good today you know like all this shit they're celebrating because like the bad the bad guys won whoa victory victory like that type of thing and that's just like the whole freaking vibe that this project has given me so far so again and again and again really do appreciate you stopping by and you know deciding to sit down and talk with us about this talk about what has happened so far the story so far now if there are any details of any future endeavors beside uh, your rendition of Beethoven, right? That was your last track? Mozart, yeah. Mozart. Okay, Mozart. There we go. It's, it's either Beethoven or Mozart. So you had, the, you had the rendition for Mozart that you did, added lyrics and all that to it, just made it fucking heavy. You, you would never think that you could turn classical music heavy and have it work, but you did. You did. And that's why I have a lot of respect for you. But... Mr. Mr. Machbuk, Mr. Agun, the king of the Dunia Lane, even though he was rejected, he will be the king of the Dunia Lane sooner or later. Again, he will rise back to the throne. He will take back what's his. But what is the next step for Machbuk? Do we have an album coming in the near future within this year? Do we have an EP coming within this year? What is your next big step for your project? Yeah, um... Yeah, so thank you. Thank you for all the kind words. Like you're 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 super nice. <laughs> you know, help. <laughs> yeah, again, yeah, the the whole goblin stuff. Yes, uh it's like very inspired by um Disney stuff as well. <laughs> there you uh, go. Yeah, so for, for the future, I am actually right now writing a full length, or at least attempting to write a full length. Right. There are a right. few pre pros that's been done. Um but you know, it's still it's still at that pre pro stage to where I can just um uh 
I might change everything else later on. But yeah, I am uh, I, I am writing a full length, hopefully to be released. The plan was to be released this year, but I highly doubt I have the, I have the capability to do so, uh, <laughs> like creatively wise. Yeah. But yeah, um, is there anything new? Yes, yes, definitely. So the songs are going to be... Quite uh, continuous. Yeah, it's going <laughs> to be weirder. It's yeah. going to be weirder. It's going to be... Uh, it's a cliche thing to say right to promote yeah. an album <laughs> but like it's it's gonna be uh way weirder uh exploring different tunings exploring different vocal styles exploring even more mainstream styles um you know featuring I, i'm thinking of featuring a lot of uh indonesian artists as well like Ooh. big guys here from uh uh you know uh big bands here uh just to just to make sure that uh, it's still um in a sense uh uh you know i can still be in the indonesian scene uh sort of uh but yeah it's it's about that yeah so we got like songs that are like very mainstream but like very heavy at the same time very catchy with nine string guitars well actually it's an eight string tuned to a nine string so that that's that guy is tuned to uh double drop b (laughs) so yeah very thick gauge strings um yeah um and then uh also exploring with you know other tunings like uh drop g as well like never tuned so high with with mahluk but like uh you know exploring and get, and like sort of um putting on a lot of a uh, horror punk and ska vibes as well so i'm super excited for that um yeah it's too. a lot of a lot of new things and and like writing a 20 minute song as well so which is uh sort of like a uh very classical influence um uh, yeah so it's a trying to trying to explore as 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 much as possible um yeah. vocally instrumentally everything and so i just hope i don't disappoint the listeners if I, if I screw up i apologize in advance no <laughs> yeah. here's here's what i'm gonna say creator to creator right now mm-hmm. unfortunately there is a saying i have and this applies to almost everything in life no matter the hundreds of changes you make to yourself, whether in your life, in your mind, in like your physical environment, or your spiritual environment, doesn't matter. No matter the hundreds of changes you make to yourself to improve and what you feel would be evolving yourself and just progressing, taking that next step in life, there will be at least a hundred people somewhere in the world who are just like, fuck this guy. He's scum. For whatever reason. And that's why it's cool that everybody has so much space here on the planet. Because otherwise, well, we would all be getting spit on or we would be the person spitting on someone else. You know what I mean? So, to say the least, do you, you do you, man. You do you. You are a musical prodigy in the scene. A lot of people in the underground scene, including me, Larry, um, I introduced your music to Greg Gilbert. I'm not sure if he took a listen to it because like, we all lead pretty busy lives here in the States as well. Um, like... Dude, you're a prodigy. You're a prodigy in the heavy scene. You're, I think you're representing Indonesia pretty well because I didn't even fucking know that Indonesia had a slam scene. I didn't know that their main music scene, per se, was slam. Like, that's that's the dream right there, man. That, you got all of your fucking, like, news in what you're talking about monsters instead of all these f- stupid-ass politicians here we have in the States. Like, y'all are talking about all the fun stuff. You are living the fun stuff. And, like, I don't know. It, it, I don't know if you have, like, any, like, you wish you left Indonesia or anything like that. Or if you have any regrets that you could just want to leave behind in Indonesia. But speaking from a person who's supposed to be from the freest country in the world. Like, it seems that you got quite the gig going on over there. And it seems like you have a very colorful and tropical lifestyle. You got a very tropical life ahead of you. And, again, you're a musical prodigy. You are. You really are. You do, you man the freaking you man the whole ship, you man the mast, you man the wheel, you man the cannons, the sails, everything. You do it on your own and you do it with finesse, my guy. So, to say the least, I think it doesn't matter what people think because, for example, Cameron McBride of Methwich he released Endwell last year. Basically, because he happened to have a clean singing featurette, Slam Worldwide refused to let him have his new album on Slam Worldwide. Fucking stupid. That's just me, though. So, if that ends up happening for this newer project of yours, 
Just keep in mind that there will be plenty of us still representing, sponsoring, and promoting your content. Because I personally respect what you do. I respect you as a musician. And you seem like a pretty cool guy. You actually remind me of a couple of my bu couple buddies of mine. One of them being from Alaska. But, um, yeah. Like, you do you. You do it with confidence. You do it with finesse. You do it with a fucking, like, exploding background. Just walking away like the action hero. With great confidence. Yeah, I did that. What the fuck are you gonna do? Try to stop me? Puts on some sunglasses. Keeps on running. Vacations to shirt. Like, just flapping in the wind. Doves behind you as well. That type of thing. Do it with gusto. Be confident in your work, my friend. Because you are a genius. But, there you have it, folks. This was episode 7 of the Anatomy Podcast with Agung, otherwise known as Makluk, the former leader, the former lord of the underworld, the Dunia Lane. We got, he's got plenty of stuff coming up. If you haven't already, I'll be putting the Napa Rusek EP down below, Spotify link down below, all that fun stuff. Tomorrow, we will be chatting with Luca and other members of Mental Cruelty from Germany kind of reviewing on their first premiere weekend for A Hill to Die Upon. I do appreciate you stopping by, answering all the questions that you did, and allowing both of us to kind of bounce back and forth, me mostly, and I do apologize, um, like just being able to talk all that we have. Any last greetings before we head out? Sure. Uh, I just want to thank you so much to you know uh, hand over the opportunity for me uh, doing this. It was actually like my first um, podcast, Unmasked. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So it's a, it's a, it's a, um, it's a big thing, and in English as well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, thank you so much, Sean. Um, so glad, glad that we met uh, on Facebook and Instagram. So yeah, hopefully um, I can, you know, uh, see you one day uh, in the states, yeah. or, or you know, if you're in Indonesia, I'll take you around and we'll go ghost hunting. <laughs> Let's fucking do it, buddy. Well, be sure to have a great day, my friend. You got a big day ahead of you. Mine's wrapping up. We'll see you later. For sure. See ya. Later.